This message was recorded at World Changes Church Gold Coast. It is our hope and mission that you further your understanding of grace and are empowered for change. So, uh, man, it's been a wonderful week. Uh, like you, all of it, it's had challenges. Amen. Anybody had a challenge this week? Amen. Amen. Somebody, somebody shout challenge. challenge. Now somebody shout, I'm a champion. Because you have championed your challenges this week. Because you decided to not only get up this morning and not just sit with a cup of tea in your warm, cozy slippers. You decided to come to church. You decided to come celebrate this week and saying, you know what, Lord, I didn't just survive, I thrived. Amen? You decided to show up and say, you know what, God's doing something in me. Amen? It may not be perfect in your eyes or your sight, but God's doing something in me. Amen? I might not have all the money you think I should have, but God's doing something in me. Amen? I may, not have, I may not be who you think I should be, but God's doing something in me. Amen? How about this? God's done something in you. Amen? Amen. So I came across this revelation. It was uh, two weeks ago God started speaking to me. He said, son, I want you to go... Uh, I need you to take some time away from everything. I said, well, that's not going to go over. How, how am I going to do that? He said, I, I want you to take some time away. Go get by yourself in a room somewhere and just be still. And um, that scripture, be still and know that I am God, took on a whole new meaning for me. I thought be still and know that I am God is don't worry about your problems. I thought be still and know that I am God is, you know, no matter what's happening, know that God's got it. I, I, I thought it meant all these things, but what God showed me through this time is that be still and know that I'm God is a place and a position that you can receive clarity for all areas of your life. Amen? When your mind gets still from its carnal activity or its worry, its angst, or its planning, when you get intimate with God, He begins to speak so clearly and loudly. So I was sitting there and I said, okay, well, you know, Lord, if it's you, uh, you'll, you'll make it happen. So um, I was talking to a buddy of mine about what God was telling me to do. He said, you know what? Um, just come stay at this, this place. We'll, we'll pay for it for three days. I said, well, praise God. Hallelujah. And not only did, did that work out, but what also worked out was the, time, the moment I stepped towards what God had orchestrated and planned for me, he started speaking. Amen. Anybody ever had that experience? If you haven't had that experience, you need to take some time to stop thinking about what you're thinking about and start thinking about God. Amen? Stop thinking about what you're thinking about and start thinking about God. So he started speaking to me about, uh, I sat down and I was listening to some teachings and uh, I was looking at it going, Lord, the, the, the church needs to hear this. And he says, yes, they do. And I started thinking about core values. I started thinking about the very thing I was listening and being instructed on, about core values. What is the core value of Christianity? What's the core, the very first principle that we should have when it comes to learning and growing in God? And you know what? The first thing God spoke to me was intimacy over activity. Choose intimacy over activity. And see... Some people think when they think of intimacy, they think of, you know, uh, dating, wooing, or something in a relationship value. No, I, I see intimacy as truly taking in something, being so intimate with it and with its character that you acknowledge it so much that you begin to take on what it is. Amen? 
See, activity is, is, is being, trying to be something, you know, doing something to be something. Activity is doing something to be something. Amen? Activity is doing something to be something. Intimacy is being in the presence of God to be able to do what the presence of God has empowered you to do. Amen? We need to stop, we need to stop trying to do this stuff on our own strength. You need to stop trying to launch your businesses on your own strength. You need to stop worrying and canceling out your debt on your own strength. You need to stop thinking about what people think about you in your own strength. You need to allow God and the intimacy and the presence with God to be so much so that it be like Moses, that people got to cover your face with a veil because of the glory that's shining off of you. Amen? Amen? So when I started having that thought, I started thinking about the bridegroom. I started thinking about what it's like in that moment of marriage. And, and when, you know, everybody, you ever been married? You, you remember your wife had a veil? Those, or you've seen a movie where they had the white veil? And it's over the bride's face. Now, see, what the thing is is that the bride can see through that veil, but on the outside there's no seeing the bride. Does that make sense? So the bride has vision, but there's no intimacy with what's around. But that moment when it says, I now pronounce you man and wife, the, the, the groom lifts the veil, and there's a moment of you may kiss your bride, and intimacy happens. Amen? Because now there is not only a visual connection, but there is a moment of confirmation that we are one. Amen? Amen? But through the whole activity of getting married, all those things of the vows, the rings, and all those things in the marriage, the most important part that I can remember about marriage, you know, I was shaking when I was doing my vows because I didn't think they were good enough. I think I put the ring on Tina's pinky instead of her ring finger. You know, all those things that were just activity in the marriage, it was that moment of intimacy when I realized this is my wife is when intimacy happened. See, God wants you to have that moment with him. You're going through all these actions and all these orchestrations and performance to arrive to a certain point and promotion. But see, passion doesn't live inside of you doing stuff. Passion does not live in your goals of promotion. Passion lives in the intimacy of God. Amen? Amen? And so I said, God, so what do you, what's... What's, what are you trying to say to me? He said, stop letting your intimacy be interrupted. Stop letting your intimacy be interrupted by things in life. What, how you think you did. Some of your intimacies this morning, your, your peace is interrupted and your intimacy with God is interrupted by maybe how someone shook your hand or how someone didn't acknowledge you or your part in the service that you did this morning. Your intimacy is interrupted because you're viewing what they think about you instead of what God thinks about you. Amen? Amen? I, I don't want your intimacy to be interrupted in your marriages, your relationship, or in your life, or in your mind anymore by what you think or think you got to achieve. Realize God is saying, just stop letting it be interrupted. So then as I was thinking a little bit further, and I was going a little bit further of what God was saying, now I'm, I'm here to talk to you today, I'm not here to teach you, so I, I, I want to help you this week have more intimate times with God. Amen? 
So I may not teach you because a lot of you are Bible scholars, so some of you may find some things wrong, but it's okay. Just flow with me today, okay? Does that work? Everybody say, just flow with me, just flow with me. Somebody say, just flow with me, just flow with me. Look at your neighbor and say, just flow with me, just flow with me. It's going to be all right, just flow with me. I want you to be able to have more intimate times with God because, see, intimate times with God as a core value shapes your character and releases your potential. Intimate times with God shapes your character and releases your potential. It also helps you have more influence. Amen? But intimate times with God shapes your character. See, when you spend time with God, you get a smile on your face. I don't care who you are. Or you start to cry a little bit. You get all bubbly-eyed. You know, everybody says it's dusty. But you get all bubbly-eyed. Amen? You spend time with God, things shift in the way you feel because your character is shifting into the character of God, leaning on the full personality of God, being fully confident in God, knowing that, that my confidence comes from Him, therefore I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Amen? So my character is shaped through my intimate times with God and my potential is released during those moments. And God spoke to me. He said, you know, Kyle, intimacy is the birthplace of revelation. Some of you that have received great moments with God, can I ask you, was it when you were driving down the road thinking about work? No. Was it when you were cooking dinner and and you were throwing all the spices? Maybe, because some of you can worship while you're cooking. Men, we kind of have to focus, okay? But my moments of revelation came from being intimate with God and revelation began to birth about God because God was revealing himself to me. Remember the veil? God was revealing himself to me because I had chosen to be intimate with him instead of being active. Amen? I had chosen not to have my three-point prayer and my three steps to fasting and my two steps to reading the Bible and my seven steps to fellowship. Amen? I just chose to be intimate with him, and he started revealing things. Let me share with you the first one. Go to John 10.10. Very familiar scripture. Some of you are already quoting in your head from the King James, New King James. We'll do it from the Amplified, even though they put up the King James anyway. You know I don't preach from there. (laughs) The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, Greg Moore was teaching us in the excellence of ministry, and he, he hit on it for like, I don't know, 30 seconds. And I was like, no, 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 I want to hear more about that. And he moved on. He used it as a segue to a point. And so I paused my, my, my little teaching, and I said, God, I want to hear more about this. Because, see, I want to ask you a question. Who can I pick on? Who can I pick on? Who can I pick on? All right, all right. Chris. No, I've already told you this. Never mind. I've already told you. All right, hold on. Okay, Jace. Do you have a million dollars sitting at your home right now? So I can't come steal that million dollars because you don't have it. So if you don't have it, I can't steal it. God started showing me the thief comes to steal and kill. The enemy can't steal what you don't have. 
So see, when you're sick, he's trying to convince you that you don't have healing. So he's trying to steal your healing and convince you through a counterfeit word, interrupting your intimacy with God that takes your peace and puts you in a poverty state of lack and convinces you that you've done something wrong, that you are no longer healed. So he came to destroy your belief and steal your belief on healing. Amen? Amen? You got a business idea that God birthed in you, and you're working on it, and it looks like you're broke, and it ain't never going to happen, but God gave it to you. The enemy comes and says, it's never going to work. It's never going to happen. See, God gave you the knowledge of it. You're walking out the wisdom of it to see it come into fruition and to manifest. The enemy is trying to steal from you something you already have that God gave you from the cross when he said, it is finished. If you're lacking anything in your life, you haven't lost it. God says you have it. The enemy is just trying to convince you that you don't anymore. Amen? Amen? So if you choose intimacy in the moments when the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy, you will shift your mind into over what, what God said. I came that you would have life and life more abundantly. Amen? So I said earlier that passion is, is, is beginning to brew in the intimacy with God. Passion brews in the intimacy with God. See, I, I, I began to worry about, you know, well, Lord, what am I? You're not letting me have many notes this morning because all I have is just a few things jotted down from my phone. And trust me, if you understand how I get downloads, it was like one thing after another that made no sense together, but somehow it makes sense to me. The reality is, is that when we spend time with God and in his presence, it is not just an individual experience. It's a corporate manifestation of his majesty. It's a corporate manifestation of his majesty. He's saying, you are my son. You are my daughter. You are a joint heir with my son, Jesus. And let me reveal the glory that is in me, a glory that is mine, that is now in you. For I reckon these light afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is yet to be revealed in us. My God, you got glory on the inside and the enemy is trying to have you deflect yourself from your heavenly seat, get you to come down from your posture and position in heaven and lower yourself with the angels, which is where Lucifer is. Like, can I tell you, you are a joint heir with Jesus, seated in heavenly places. You are righteous in God's eyes. You have everything that you need right now. The enemy is coming as a counterfeit, just like he did with Adam and Eve, to steal from you your position and posture in Christ. I can't get sad and depressed in the presence of God. I have to leave the presence of God to get sad and depressed. I have to leave my intimate encounter with God and my intimacy with Jesus to move into what is trying to sadden me. Adam and Eve came out of the bush and they said, and God's calling them, Adam, where are you? Adam comes out and says, Lord, we're naked. His first response was, who told you that? See, they had left the intimacy with God and his word and they fell into a counterfeit, adulterated, perverted word and took part of something they shouldn't have talked 
took part of, and they left the presence of God, which is the presence of his word, believed in something other than God, moved over into let's eat this, and the glory fell. Thank God Jesus said it's finished. The Bible says he's as a roaring lion seeking out who he may devour. Amen? You have to give the enemy permission. You have to leave and give place to sadness and depression. You have to leave your thoughts and time of revelation and come into, I feel bad. That's not going to turn out well. God said, I have a plan for you, and it is good and not of evil, and I have an expected end for you. Can I tell you, you need to stop listening to the enemy telling you how it's going to turn out, how you think it's going to turn out, and you just need to stay in God's presence and believe the last thing he told you? Amen? I could take you to 1 Samuel 14, 15, and 16, but I'm just going to take you to 1 Samuel chapter, hmm, where am I going to be at this morning? I'm going to take you to chapter 16, 14 through 23. We see the history of David. We see what's happening with David. We see how Saul was anointed to be king. We see that now David is rising up. But see, David was just a little boy in a pasture. Now, I'm not going to talk about the pasture to the palace, but I might reference something similar. I'm going to talk about passion to promotion. Amen? You're, you're thinking you missed it. You, you're thinking that life is not working out how it should. Maybe, maybe you should start looking for another church. Maybe you need to find a new mentor. Maybe you just need to get back in your Bible yourself. Maybe you just need to just shut everybody out and just, you know. But see, David, he was just a boy playing a harp in a field singing praises to God. Amen. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented and troubled him. Verse 15. Saul's servant said to him, Behold, an evil spirit from God torments you. Verse 16. Come on, keep up with me. Let our Lord now command your servants here before you to find a man who plays skillfully on the harp. And when the evil spirit from, the, from God is upon you, he will play it and you will be well. Saul told his servants, find me a man who plays well and, brings, and bring him to me. <laughs> One of the young men said, I have seen a son of Jesse who plays skillfully and valiantly. Now, now I, I'm going I'm I'm to pause for a second. I'm going to preach Kyle's version of the Bible. <laughs> he said, Saul said, find me somebody that plays well. And this dude says, I know this kid. He, you know, he plays that thing like... Plays it real well. He just, he'll run everything off. He'll trouble what troubles you. He will trouble what troubles you. I said he will trouble what troubles you. <laughs> you don't know where I'm going yet, but I do. Amen. And he said, we'll, we'll, we'll get David. And Saul said, get him to come play. And all, see, can I tell you, David was just sitting in the field being passionate about what the last thing God told him. David was just in the field saying, you know what, I trust God, I'm going to play for God. And he was just by himself, you know what I'm saying, just playing to God. You know, some of you are laughing, but see, I believe David was just smiling, didn't care. See, he wasn't networking through other churches. See, he wasn't attending every conference. <laughs> he wasn't taking lessons on every turn about the three ways to motivate people. Oh, no, no. He wasn't praying on God give me wisdom to help everybody. He's saying, God, I just want to be passionate about you. I just want to be intimate with you. See, he didn't have to fill out an application because, see, somebody heard that David, 
Somebody heard that David, can I tell you again, somebody heard that David was passionate and knew how to play that thing, but not only did he know how to play it, but when he played, God moved. <laughs> because, see, he had spent some intimate time with God. I'm about to cut loose and talk to you this morning. I told you I came to talk to you. I didn't come here to teach you. See, in the Kyle's version, he, in the Kyle's version of the Bible, he, he kind of just walked out of that field saying, okay, I don't know why I'm going to the palace. They just said I'm going to go play. I'm going to go play the way I play with God. <laughs> Amen. And here, here he goes. But see, here's the thing, passion to promotion. He didn't have to fill out an application to get there. He didn't have to network through five churches and three friends to get there. He didn't have to know the ACC, the COC. Oh, I'm sorry I said that out loud. He didn't have to say, know everybody to get there to be on the stage. See, he was just passionate. He wasn't considering, did I miss it? Did I, do I not have the right friends? Do I know the wrong pastor? Do I attend the wrong church? No, no, no. He was just saying, I'm going to be passionate right where I am, and God's going to promote me because because see God through that intimacy was birthing revelation of who he is and the Lord was with him so see the Lord was making a way where there was no way amen he played so well as it says in the scriptures that Saul sent a message and said can I keep him said to, goes to Jesse said can I keep your son and then made him his armor bearer made David his armor bearer amen isn't that awesome? Passion to promotion. Amen? I said passion to promotion. You, some of you got, you got things that you're going on in your life, and you got a position. You have a goal. Somebody say, I got a goal. Don't let that goal become ambition, because ambition is of man in the heart of man. Vision is of God. See, David had a vision of who God is, and he didn't try and make it happen through his personal ambition. See, ambition gets into the heart of a man and begins to try and network and work it out in his own strength. That's what happened to Saul. Can I tell you, David just allowed God to move. David just spent time with God. David had a revelation. I can kill a bear and a lion. God can do anything with me. David, through his intimacy, said, what are we going to do about this Philistine, this uncircumcised Philistine that troubles us? What are we going to do? What will be done to the man that takes care of this problem right here? See, a, a man of God that spent time with God will trouble what troubles you. You didn't hear me. A man or woman of God that spent time with God will trouble what troubles you. A man or woman of God that spent time with God won't sit there and shake in their armor. No, no, no. They won't sit there and say, what are we going to do? No, no, no. Because they have confidence that they spent time with the Lord and the Lord loves them because God has revealed himself to them through intimacy. Well, how do I do that, Pastor Kyle? See, that's a problem. You're still trying to figure out how you do it. Amen? Amen? It's, amen? As you, you're still trying to figure out how you do it. I remember I thought when I got married, I said, Lord Jesus, this woman's beautiful. How am I going to make her happy? You know what I'm talking about. Don't make me talk about it because there's kids in the room. You know what I'm talking about. Don't make me talk about it. There's kids in the room. Use your adult mind. Hallelujah. And I said, how, how am I going to make her happy? He said, quit trying to figure out how to make her happy and just love her. Just be with her. Just connect with her. Be vulnerable with her. Open your, your heart up to her. And let, then you shall see true intimacy. Amen. 
You're still trying to figure out the three steps to how to get to God. You're still trying to say, I've got to have something in place for God to receive me. No, no, no. See, you're the bride he wanted. I chose you, he said. I chose you. Say, somebody said, God chose me. Say, God chose me. That means he wants you, okay? Bad grammar. That means he wants you, okay? Hallelujah. Praise God, men of men and women of God that are married. You know what I'm talking about. Your husband get that look in his eye. You be like, oh, okay. <laughs> you need to stop thinking that God doesn't want you by what you've done or where you've been or what happened to you this week. God wants to spend time with you to manifest his glory in and on you. Amen. Good Lord, have mercy. We have to leave the presence of God. And see, you can't be unhappy in the presence of God. Some of these Christians that walk around, man, I think David, he's playing his harp. I'm pretty sure he had a smile on his face. It said he danced undignified before the Lord. Forgive me that some of y'all are still against dancing, but could you imagine don't do like David did because some of you need to keep your clothes on. But I'm just saying... Hold on, that came out wrong. I'm sorry. Not the way I intended it. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. I saw everybody out of the corner of my eye just drop their head in their hands. Somebody else was like, was he talking about me? No. But see, what if we actually got undignified and we actually enjoyed this thing called God? Do you think David was like, and he was like stone cold face? Come on, Saul, don't you get it? No, no, he had a smile on his face. He enjoyed it. See, all y'all going to remember is I can't believe Pastor Kyle was playing some type of song. But see, he was enjoying what he was doing because, see, it wasn't confidence in his talent. It was in confidence in who God is when he played. See, you need to stop having confidence in you. Have confidence in the Lord. That's where you're messing up about intimacy. You're going to God saying, do you accept me? Do you, do you, do you want me? When he's saying, yes, I do. Have confidence in God, not in you. Amen? Well, wait a minute. In his presence, let's go to Psalm 16 and 11. See, you can't be unhappy. See, David was playing. Just one more time. He was playing and he was happy. You, you come to church like, good morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's. I mean, come on, guys. God is good. You're walking miracles. Every single one of you is a walking miracle. Amen. You had something happen in your life that you shouldn't have survived, every single one of you, if you've, if you've reached the age that you are. And it was through God's intimacy for you that got you here. Now it's time to get in that intimacy and realize who you are. Psalm 16 and 11. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy, and in your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. See, the enemy wants to take your joy. The enemy wants to interrupt your intimacy and your peace by convincing you of something about the way of life to interrupt your joy. 
We're, we're too ambitious. We're, we're a culture that's trying to prove ourselves to each other. We're trying to prove that we're spiritual. We're trying to prove that we pray. We're trying to prove that we're worthy. I don't care what you did yesterday. If God wants you to use you today, I ain't getting in the way, amen, because you don't know what I thought yesterday. You don't know what I did. So, I, you know, let's just all be free in the simple fact that God has forgiven you and stop doing the stuff that messes us up and start doing the stuff that's released us. See, the problem is, is we're, sec- we're, 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 <laughs> we're secondhand witnesses, Instead of firsthand witnesses. See, Hebrews 12 and 1, I'll stop at the first part that says we're surrounded by a cloudiness of witnesses. You know what a witness is in the court of law? A witness is someone that has a firsthand account. Do you know that hearsay is inadmissible to court as a testimony? If you get up on, if you get up on the stand and testify of what someone else said, the judge will see it as inadmissible. Amen. We're surrounded by a cloudiness of witnesses, not so weak that we can believe what they say, so that we can experience the intimacy with God and have a firsthand account of who God is in us. We need to stop going around and trying to do it like Peter does it, do it like Hazel does it, do it like Tina does it, and say, you know what, I hear what Tina got, I want to receive that for myself. See, you're a hearsay Christian, you need to be a witness Christian, you need to have these things witnesses for yourself. And the only way to do that is to have time with intimacy, not activity. If you ain't never had no intimacy with God, fasting ain't going to work for you. If you ain't never had no intimacy with God, prayer ain't going to work for you. Because it's a grocery list and a wish list. It's not a conversation. Intimacy. Intimacy takes it from a grocery list and a wish list to an authoritative fact of a decree between you and God. Before you try and figure out how to pray, spend time with God. Through prayer in his word. Lean on his whole personality. Before you figure out the three principles of fasting, how about you do this? Spend time with God. Because that's fasting. You're separating yourself from a thing to be a part of God. Amen? It's intimacy. And I know everybody's got like waiting on me to say that into me see. No. I don't, bumper, I don't bumper sticker preach. I'm sorry. I just don't do it. I'm not looking for intimacy. I'm looking to have God revealed to me through intimacy. And so the second thing that God showed me about the presence and the way of life, the way of life, we all say priorities. Get your priorities in order, right? We all say God first. What's next on the list? Help me out. Family. What's next? Country. We can go Country. Family, country, church, job, you know, we have a list, God first. It's absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. It's God in everything. God in my family. God on my job. God in my marriage. God in my parenthood. God in everything that I do. See, I don't have God and then separate God from everything else. Like, let me do God first. And then have the mistresses of priorities of life. God shows you the way of life that he is God in all things. Amen? Well, wait a minute. You mean God was there with what I did last summer? Sure was. Amen? So, this is about making 
a priority of intimacy and the presence of God over any activity in life. You're struggling, you're unhappy, you don't even want to go to work tomorrow, some of you. Amen? You hate your job. Don't raise your hand because your boss might be here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you don't like your job. Well, you know the reason you hate your job is because, see, you're working for the job to pay the debt that you got the job for instead of working unto the Lord. See, there's no intimacy on your job because, see, the Bible says, work as you're working unto the Lord. But you keep working to change your work environment. You keep working to change their perspective. You keep working for a promotion. Be passionate about serving God on your job and doing it for God and see what God does. Amen? And you'll stop hating your job. You'll have a change of attitude and new ideas. You'll have intimacy with God Monday morning on your first email. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I hate those first emails. Jesus. Monday morning, 7.30 a.m. emails. Let me go check. Got my coffee in hand. Had half a cup. Praise myself. You know what I've started doing? God, before I open this email, I just perfect your wisdom in me to receive this with knowledge of what I'm supposed to do through my intimacy and revelation with you. So long before I even open this. I'm inserting you. Amen? God will show you the ways of life by being in his presence because in his presence is fullness of joy. Are you full of joy this morning? If you're not full of joy this morning, then you're not in his presence. Something has interrupted your intimacy. Well, I just need to get a divorce, praise God. No, that's not what I'm talking about. It's not a person. It's your thinking. Core values shape and make your character and release your potential. Intimacy over activity is about what is interrupting your thinking. What are you worried about? What are you thinking about? What are you anxious about? Release that to God. Amen? Is this good this morning? Are you enjoying this? Are you enjoying this? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Jesus was passionate about the, about the presence of God. Do you know Jesus didn't even do anything without communing with God? Let's go to John 8, 28 and 29. <laughs> Intimacy is a teaching place. It's a birthplace of revelation. It's a receiving place. Amen? Hallelujah. Married folk in the room. Hallelujah. You're receiving something from your wife or your husband that is confidently reassuring you that they are a part of you. So Jesus added, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, you will realize, know and understand that I am here for whom you look and that I am doing nothing of myself, of my own authority or accord of my own, of my own accord or my own authority, but I say exactly what my Father has taught me. Amen. And he who sent me is ever with me. My father has not left me alone, for I'm always doing what pleases him. How? By being in the Spirit. Jesus was in the Spirit, and when he needed to realign himself, he would intimately step away from everything that was distracting him and realign himself with what God told him last. Amen. David knew that he was going to be anointed. 
to be king past Saul. David knew walking into the palace, playing that harp, that he was going to be king. But he didn't walk in there saying, I'm the next king. He walked in there to serve what was troubling the current leader. Mm. Can I tell you, we need to serve this community. This community is troubled. And we need to play the harp of joy, not of sadness. The harp of confidence, not of confusion. Amen? We need to realign ourselves with what God has said about us. See, David was in the field. He was not even supposed to be anointed as one of the sons of Jesse. His father didn't even select him. He said, no, you don't want that little one. Just leave him out in the field. But see, the man of God said, where's the other son? You keep thinking you're going to be shortchanged. You keep thinking that you're going to be left out. You ain't a part of the meetings. You ain't on the board. You ain't getting prayed with. You ain't being asked to pray with. You ain't teaching. You ain't doing nothing that nobody sees. You think you're being shortchanged. Can I tell you that ain't it? It just ain't your time yet. Serve passionately where you are, and through that passion, God will promote you. Well, I'm already promoted. I'm already seated in it. Come on now. Don't let your mind become legalistic because you've been freed from law and the grace that you're like, well, now I have everything. Can I tell you that you are still trying to do stuff? You're still trying to make stuff happen that you're saying God has already given you? The enemy's coming to steal something you already have. You need to passionately believe that you're walking towards what God has already provided, that has already promoted you. But see, if you can't be faithful and passionate down here with the rest of the sheep, why do you think God's going to promote you up here? If you can't be faithful in the co-worker cubicle, and you, you, with your sticky notes of your scriptures that we all do, amen, in your little cubicle, Wake up in the morning, you got 15 on your screen. I just got to remind myself, just got to remind myself. If you can't be faithful in the co-worker cubicle, why do you think you can sit as a CEO? Serve passionately where you are, knowing that God's taking you to where he promised. See, vision is of God. Ambition is of man. Ambition will try and make you get out of that cubicle. Ambition will try and get you out of that back seat to the pulpit. Ambition will even look at me and say, you know what, I could preach better than him. You probably can. Good on you. Go open up a church and do what I do. And then you'll realize you don't want this job. Okay. Okay. While you're thinking it's just, this is the easy part, folks. Preaching is the easy part. I passionately serve down here with you guys week to week having cups of coffee with you. Week to week meeting with you. Week to week praying and touching and and being with you. This is the easy part. Because, see, when you walk to the sheep in the natural, they bite. Pastor, you saying we bite? Well, well. But see, I don't worry about when I'm abiding in the cubicle, when I'm abiding in the pasture. I just passionately serve. I abide in his presence so that he abides in me. I don't want to move out of my abiding and my intimacy with God just to see how I feel.
I don't want to move out of the abidance of the presence of God and the intimacy with God to find out, do you like me? Peter, I just want to know. Just, come on, you left me hanging there for two seconds. That must mean you, you really don't. <laughs> See, my confidence is in God. And when God tells me to do something just like Jesus, see, confidence is not when everybody agrees with you. Confidence is still, a, is still pursuing what God has promised when nobody believes you. Confidence is not when everybody agrees with you. Confidence, confidence is still pursuing what God has promised even when nobody believes you. You keep looking for man's stamp of approval, and that's interrupting your peace. Pastor Kyle didn't call me this week. Look around. That's like 80-some-odd phone calls I got to make. Amen? I ain't going to get to all of you. You need Jesus. You don't need me. I'm not leading you to me and my personality. Tina's not leading you to her or her personality. We're not leading you to how we do and what we do and what we believe. We're leading you to the inspired word of God to release itself in you, the potential in you. You keep thinking it's how you connect with others that's making it happen. No, it's your intimacy with God that's making it happen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Let's go from the pasture to the palace. <laughs> I had to say it one time. We can't experience the benefits of intimacy without abiding with God. We can't experience. See, intimacy reveals to us the eternal benefit of eternal life. Intimacy with God reveals to us the eternal benefit of eternal life. So when I spend time with God, he reminds me the way of my life. He reminds me of the plan over my life. Amen? And I begin to learn the benefit of that. Oh, we still got John 8 and 29 up there? Praise Jesus. But see, God, I'm not asking or saying that you should spend less time with God Less time in activity of like your prayer closet like some of you do or setting aside that hour. No, no, I'm saying be more intentional with that time. Don't make that time a checklist. You're spending time with God and it's an hour and your last 30 minutes you're looking at your watch. Uh, some of us it's like five minutes in. Man, it feels like an hour. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> this is hard, Lord. Netflix is calling me. You know there's a new episode out. I mean, Lord. It's because you need to be more intentional. You need to position yourself to receive during that time. It's not about praying an hour. It's about making that hour intentional. Amen? It's not about doing less when I say intimacy versus activity. It's about being intentional that you're hearing from the personality of God, not your perception of this world. Some of you go into prayer and you take somebody in there with you. Peter, can I borrow you? You're just, you're just, you're just awesome this morning. I don't want to really hold your hand. Can you just follow me? Okay, cool. All right, so it's like I got a problem with Peter. Okay, I really don't. And so Peter's not actually physically here. He's just a man at the station. I'm just kidding. All right, so when I go into prayer, I'm bringing Peter in there with me because I got a problem. I'm saying, Lord, do something about Peter. Peter Chang, you know him? <laughs> Supposed to be playing basketball for like the past. It's not true. 
past two weeks. He ain't called me. He ain't texted me. I'm kidding, man. But see, Peter can't help me, and me going to God about Peter ain't going to change nothing in my life. Because, see, that's my perspective of Peter. But see, when I go into my intimate times, thank you, brother. When I go into my intimate times with God, I can't bring Peter in there with me. I got to say, God, help me with how I see others. And help me see how you see me so I can see others in the same way. Because, see, I seem to be getting offended with everybody. I seem to be getting hurt over everything. I seem to be getting mad too much, God. I seem to be hurt and arguing all the time, God. What's going on? Reveal to me your personality about this so that I can change. You got to be more intentional with your intimacy. It's not about bringing somebody else in there with you. Some of you bring your husband, some of you bring your kids, some of you bring your coworkers and your boss. It's time to kick everybody out of your prayer closet. It's full. Some of y'all getting in there like a stuffy elevator. <laughs> See all these people, Lord. Got your prune face on every time you go to pray. Ain't no joy there. Kick everybody out and everybody out of your prayer closet and see what happens. You want to change your husband? Change yourself. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You want to change your wife? Change yourself. You want to change your coworker? Change yourself. You want to change your friendships? Change yourself. I can't. How do I do that? Through an understanding of grace that empowers you to change. Because that understanding of who Jesus is reveals to you who you are. Amen? Amen. But see, I think Greg Moore says this often. Some of you that are CARA students are going to know. It's not about being a do-to-be. It's about being a be-to-do. <laughs> I love the face that half of you just gave. It's not about being a do-to-be. It's about being a be-to-do. Be in God's presence so that you know what to do. Instead of trying to do what you think you should and then eventually arriving into God's presence to figure out how you should be. Be a be to do instead of a do to be. Some of y'all thought I was actually talking about like some type of bumblebee or something. You imagine, you imagine yourself with wings and <laughs> I know some of you did. It was quite funny in my mind. I was like, look at y'all. <laughs> no, it's about you abiding in God's presence. But see, Martha was a do-to-be. You're imagining her as a beetle right now. <laughs> Thanks. Stop thinking that way. It's interrupting my preaching. She's a woman. Okay. All right. Cool. So Martha was a do-to-be, while Mary was a be-to-do. Mary was at the feet of Jesus. She had forgotten all the troubles of the house. She wasn't trying to make the house perfect. She probably didn't even worry about how her hair looked. She just fell at the feet of Jesus and worshipped him and wanted to hear what he had to say. While Martha was busy about all the things she had to do and how perfect it had to be and uh, is that chair straight and is Yolanda's... No, it just, we were, we're, we're so busy looking at everything else we can't even see Jesus. We're so busy looking at our boss, whether he sees what we do. We're so busy looking at our, 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 our partners, seeing if they see what we do. We're so, so busy. Does the pastor even approve of me? I, I don't really feel connected to my church. It's because you're being a do-to-be instead of a be-to-do. So funny. Everybody's just imagining Beatles. It's meant to be funny. Go ahead and laugh. It's okay. There's joy in the presence of God. Amen? So Julian 
Every time I see you every Sunday, I, I think, man, what wisdom is sitting on the inside of you? You've lived through life. I see your wife coming with, with you now, and I thank you so much for coming and just being a part of our family, both of you. And you come in every week, you shake hands, you sit down, you pull out your pen and your paper, and you just position yourself to receive, am I right? Because, see, it's not about hearing me, because I know your partner's with Creflo Dollar, and you get to hear him quite often. And that may be my spiritual dad, and he does this better than me, but I thank you for coming and hearing me. But, see, you don't come in and try and figure out, I don't like where they put that sign, and maybe they should move that table over. You don't look at somebody and say, maybe they should change the way they dress. You're not judging anybody. You're just coming in and stepping into the presence of God. I honor you for that. We need to start entering into the gates with thanksgiving and praise. Because, see, if you've been doing to be all week, if you've been doing to be all week, then by the time you get here on Sunday, you're tired. By the time you arrive Sunday morning, you've got nothing to pour out, and you're trying to give everything to everybody, and you're pulling from your reserve instead of your overflow. But see, tomorrow, if you'll start with intimacy, God in everything, by the time you arrive next Sunday, you won't be tired. You'll be shouting God's praises. You'll be clapping on the way, and you might even be like David. Smiling and dancing. And your praise might upset some people that are troubled. But see, true praise and true leadership troubles what troubles you and troubles what troubles others. It's time we start troubling the enemy instead of him troubling us. It's time that we start living inside of this thing called grace. It's time that we start accepting that intimacy is not into me, see. Intimacy is spending time with God so that we can have him reveal his full character, his full personality, and what his instructions are for our everyday life. It says, it says in Psalm 1611, for in his presence is fullness of joy and the instructions of life, the way of life. Don't try and be the best worker. Just work for the Lord and watch what happens. Don't try and be the richest. Just receive the prosperity that Jesus has already planted on the inside of you and see God prosper what's in your hands. Stop trying to make healing happen by doing everything you know to do. No, no, no. Accept the healing you already have. Be a, be a Christian to do the acts of Christ instead of doing what you think a Christian looks like so that everyone will know that you are being one. It's time we stop trying to do to be, but be to do. And the only way to do that is intimacy. The only way to do that is spend time in worship and get to know him. Get, spend time in his word, get to know him. Talk to him when you pray. Stop having your grocery list and your wish list. Talk to him. Receive from him. Actually, sometimes go into prayer without saying a word. Because you've been praying for months and you ain't heard him say nothing because every time you go to talk. Could you imagine, Hazel, every time I came to ask you a question, I asked you a question, then I asked you another question, I asked you another question. I never let you answer the first one. God, what do you want me to do about this? Well, I, God, what do you want me to do about them? Well, God, it's time to be still 
and know that he is God and stop letting the enemy take from you what you already have. You have the peace of God that passes understanding. You have the wisdom of God. Just ask for it. You have everything that you need. It doesn't mean you quit your job tomorrow and just sit there and expect everything to show up. No, faith without works is dead. Faith is an action. I have hope to believe that I receive. Therefore, I walk and have open hand and open heart to give and get what God has given me. Stop worrying about whether you're doing a good job or not. Some of you come into church and you ask me how well you're doing. I say, well, how well do you think you did? Because, see, it doesn't matter what I say, Darren. I can say you did awesome, but if you think you did horrible, that's the way you did. It doesn't matter what I say to you because you have no confidence in what you're doing because you're still doing to be. But if you would believe that even in your mess, God is making a majesty. God is making something miraculous. Even when you make a mistake, God is doing something wonderful in you. Even when you mess things up, God is doing something wonderful in you. Even when you feel like you're falling flat on your face, God is catching you. Can I tell you, let him reveal who he really is today and have the best week of your life. Stop letting the devil rob you of your peace. Stop letting the devil tell you he's going to take your kids. Stop letting the devil tell you he's going to take your money. Stop letting the devil get you thinking in your own mind. Stop letting the devil think that, he's, that he can't even kill you. He can't. It says who he may devour. Stop giving him permission to speak to you anymore. Amy, I saw it like this this week. And we got kids, so this is why I'm talking to you. And the rest of you are going to get it if you got kids. But you, you'll be talking. This ain't against any of us. And you'll be having a good conversation. And like, I don't know if your kids do it, but JoJo will come rushing up. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. Now, I love my son. But see, it's not about that. It's about sometimes the devil is coming up to you while you're having a good conversation with him going, Hey, you. Hey, you. Trying to get you to look. You know what I say to the devil today? I'm ignoring you. You're interrupting my time with God. You're interrupting, you're interrupting what, what God is saying to me. Trying to twist what he's saying to me. Because you're afraid that I'm actually going to get what he's saying. And if I get what he's saying, I'm going to run you out of my life. So I'm just going to tell you, sit down, shut up, and go ahead and get out if you want to. Because I'm about to get rid of you anyway. Stop giving the devil permission. Stop letting people have permission to speak negatively to you. Somebody calls and says, I got to talk to you. You can tell by their tone they're about to tear you up and try and be your daddy and you already had one. Hey Amen. It's time to stop taking those phone calls. You say, Pastor Kyle, you're telling us not to have relationships. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying stop Let people speak into you what God didn't say. I ain't, take the phone call, but sometimes you might just want to give somebody a gentle rebuke. That ain't what God said about me. World Changes Church Gold Coast can be found at Instagram at WCC Gold Coast and on Facebook at World Changes GC. Or you can email us, send to info at worldchangeschurch.com.au. Enjoy the rest of your day and God bless.